Hey there, Vitamizers, and welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. This was a jam-packed episode of the show, but um, before we get into it, as always, this show is brought to you by MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. We are also brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabs2fitness.com. That's F-L-A-B-S-T-O fitness.com. Last but not least, we are sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio, focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre- and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. All right. Today, our guest is Dr. Jess or Dr. Jessica or just Jessica. Um, She is super cool. She is the founder of Generator Athlete Lab in downtown Austin, and um, it's located in the power plant in the middle of town, but... I think she's going to explain it a lot better than I can, and we just went off on so many different random geek-out tangents. Jess is a wealth of knowledge, and she was super fun to talk to. So without further ado, please enjoy episode 41 of the How Do You Health podcast with Dr. Jess. Hello, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast once again. um, Let's see, today is Tuesday, the... Yeah, we're excited to do, uh, we have a couple shoots this week, and today we're going to be talking to Jessica, or Dr. Jess, she prefers Jessica. Uh, she just started um, a Generator Athlete Lab downtown Austin at the Power Plant, which is so cool, got to go to, a, and thanks for inviting me to, to their, what was, is, that wasn't the grand opening, no, that, that was, was like, like the soft intro, opening or something. soft yeah, opening, yeah. Private event. Um, super cool place super cool setup that you had there great location um, yeah it's just like a, like i was telling you earlier it was just weird how it's like how did you get like that space that was really cool um and then uh, so we'll get to that here in a second and then we got nurse doza if you've been following him he's doing the 30-day challenge right now uh the slender 30-day gut challenge is there's a lot of fun stuff in there uh check out any of those um instagram accounts and then i'm tex mix yogi so uh let's get this started 
cool. Awesome. So it, I didn't get to go to the soft opening. I was disappointed. Um, I numerous things from probably <clears throat> came up, but um, he told me that you had a space for like a little bit of everything, right? Like over there in the in the power plant. Trying to, yeah. yeah. It's been my vision. I wanted to bring it all together for the longest time, and we're nearly at the three year mark. I cannot believe we are about to occupy nearly three years later. So you made so, it. Uh, you made it. I, 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 so not yet. Maybe, 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 oh, years in the planning. That's awesome. Yeah, just can't believe it. It's surreal. I know it's happening, but it's still. Are you doing this with myself. your husband? Yeah. Is that yes. Yes. Yeah, he's the co-founder. Mm -hmm. So tell us what Generator Athlete Labs really like symbolize. Like why why this gym with you and your training over other people. Well, we want to be Austin's one-stop shop for athletic performance and recovery. We want to have it all. We don't want you to have to go everywhere to get a massage or a great class or acupuncture or um, recovery tools, proven, effective, efficacy, and evidence-based recovery tools. We want to have it all in one place. And that's why it's so fun to partner and talk to yeah. other businesses that collaborate and are so cohesive with our concept yeah and you're like at the epicenter of the health and wellness community in austin right for people who don't know the power plant is literally downtown austin right mm -hmm. and there's no other places to build besides up right like they knock stuff down and build up that's right you have the power plant that's been there for how long it's a 1954 building it powered the city of austin for 30 years that's yeah cool. and it's and been Beautifully and I'm purpose. glad they kept it because that yeah. could have been torn down too, right? That's right. Yeah. So it's, you're part of Austin history. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah I think cool. it's the second most photographed historic building next to the Capitol. And it's got that's cool. so much history. And you've got to come. It's just oh, yeah. such an amazing Why well, I, I should because uh, I work out at Town Lake Y, which yeah. is right there. And Town Lake is like my second home. So there I'm just going to have to mosey on just over there. And over. I will, I will. And you better come. I would totally come. Well, you can like uh, go for your run and then come and jump yes. in the pool. Oh, I can do recovery. That was go it? Well, tell me yeah, what, reco what, what, what recovery stuff do y'all have there? So we have <laughs> the only custom permit fit tubs in the city of Austin. Health inspector, blessed. They were custom built. Um, they can go all the way down to 40 degrees and all the way up to 110 degrees. Contrast. That's awesome, really? So yeah. I can do my ice baths finally? Yep, exactly. Okay, honestly, yeah. the last time I did an ice bath was in high school. And it was in those like big, you know, metal troughs or whatever yeah. right there. But I want to try them again. Yeah, I want to do them again. There's so much amazing research and it's it's it, you know it's hard to do right if the it's, it's not tangible or feasible sure. you have to get the ice and people do it you know oh, yeah. elite athletes do it because they know it's super beneficial water is an amazing thermal conductor right it's better than air so the the thermal benefits and the depth that you receive or that you you get right from an ice bath is a lot deeper than another thermal conductor. Yeah. So the research is still, you know, showing you gotta get into the ice tub or have super cold direct compression. Is it so it's thermal. compared to cry to cryotherapy? How would you look at that? So cryotherapy in, in a chamber has its benefits um, on in it, but it's it's different from the cold tub benefits, right? right? Air is not as good of a thermal conductor, so it'll spark your, you know peripheral nerves or sensory nerves it'll get you kind of you know happy and excited but it won't penetrate deep thermally into the deep layers to provide a deep thermal anti-inflammatory or cold Response. benefit exactly deep yeah. with the tissues and, and i heard that too one of the things was interesting um because what's the guy's uh 
what's the, the Iceman guy? What's his name? Oh, Wim, Wim Hof. Wim Hof. Yeah. Of course, everyone knows that. Uh, and so the, uh, he talks about the benefits of the ice bath, and I don't think you get that from the cryotherapy aspect, right? Because it is the three minutes, right? But you also regulate your temperature. You regulate your heart rhythm, your breathing, right? When you're, is it 20 minutes maybe that you're nice? So it depends on the temperature. If we were in about 52 degrees, the research shows 11 to 15 minutes okay. to get that benefit. If you're going really that cold below 50, you can stay in it for less time to get the benefits the that you're talking really? about. Lymphatic, uh -huh. circulatory, deep anti-inflammatory pain relief. See, it's funny because like in physiotherapy, we were always taught cold and hot therapy, right? We was cold was an ice pack. And hot was a heating pad, right? And like that's what you Yeah, regulate the temperature. No, we didn't remember. Yeah, it's like it's, it's hot like, enough. What? It's hot What's enough. It's gonna burn you. Because <laughs> I remember the athletic trainer. Totally. It was those 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 pads you probably still have too that you put in the. Uh, Light game. The no 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 the the, the heating um those hydrocolators. Yes, those. Yes, that and you would burn the crap out of your skin <laughs> yeah. because you'd have to dip in it. Yeah, and then you would put yeah. them on your skin. You're like, no, you got to put nope, a towel because you would burn your Don't skin. Don't the towel. And then the ice pack was basically you go in the trainer's room, you put an ice pack with just like a Ziploc bag of ice. Yeah, for me it was always my bottom, uh, my lower, my lower back after tennis practice. I used to go get those things. Yep. Sometimes it was so busy in there that we'd have to go get them ourselves. Yep. And yeah, no one was regulating. You just burning. Yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing is, still to this day, cryotherapy and 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 heat has been a staple, staple. of of health and wellness and anti-inflammation. And right. it's funny because some of the people who do the bath, they tell me they never take hot showers, like at all. They're like, I just don't do them. They refuse to do it because they say there's more benefit from cold therapy than ever was. And I'm like. But wait a second, like I've always learned that heat is great for so many numerous detoxification. Why in the world would you do hot yoga, right, otherwise? So it's crazy, like, because I mean, I'm pretty sure you have, what, what heating therapies do you have? You're exactly right. Yeah. So let's talk about that. There are benefits to both, and they're different. And sometimes you want to contrast, like exactly what you're saying. Right, you like both, you do both, right? right? Exactly. So with the dual tiles, they both can go cold for those Wim Hof series and sessions we'll have but they can contrast and then we have the full spectrum infrared sauna with the chromo oh really with all yeah, the lights, now the we're talking lights. yeah now so we'll have red talking. light so we can have red light therapy in with the so it'll have the full spectrum of the nanometers right from visible light about 350 nanometers all the way to a thousand where it would turn uv and then of course it's not uv so we're right in that safe spectrum of visible to near mid and far infrared so when cool. i think about like recovery tools Right, it's funny because as a PT and a DC, we think like grasping tools, right? Like, yeah. you know, washa. Yeah, washa. You think about compression boots, right? Because I'm sure y'all have some compression tech. boots, right? You think about lymphatic massage, yes, right? Okay, so then the idea <laughs> that you have cold and hot therapy would just be the norm as well, but the fact that you have an IR sauna that separates you from like any other like gym. I no one has an IR sauna. They have a sauna, like a steam sauna, right? But then they don't have like an IR, and I've seen a lot of people now they have it in their house because they know the benefits of it, right? So tell us about IR sauna. Crazy. What, what, what does IR sauna do for you? And you're gonna know why we got it after right. you hear about you know Rhonda Patrick had oh, a, yeah, yeah. had to blow up the scene with her research. Is that who made it big? Yeah, that's who made really? it big. She went on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, and then of course Tim Ferriss was like, "This is amazing." Wait, what was the he uh, the name of his? He blogged, he blogged about it, and he says, is this the next performance-enhancing drug? <laughs> and it was the infrared sauna. Oh, yeah? If you get so, Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss behind you, you're reaching more people than CNN, yes. Fox News, like any of that. They, yeah. 
they're the biggest podcasts in the world. So I saw her research and I was like, oh my gosh. And then of course, Tim Ferriss interviewed her and then that came out and then it was, and I, I knew, I was like, this is the best thing ever. And then of course now people are seeing it, but she did, she saw the benefits of it. And you know, doctors recommended all the time for people with rheumatoid arthritis and lymphatic disorder. And you, you hear people that have, it's been recommended for them. They're like, oh, I, I get it now. My doctor recommended it. But endurance athletes and athletes didn't know how beneficial it would be to their performance until Dr. Rhonda Patrick. So Dr. Rhonda Patrick took a bunch of runners um, and they went running and they came back and she put them in the infrared sauna after, which typically it's not recommended after when you're already hot. But we'll talk about the infrared in a minute. Twice a week, that was it, for three weeks. And it increased their time to exhaustion by 32%. It, and there were a lot of things. It increased oxygen and blood, you know, um, blood flow, circulation. But really what it did is it made them more efficient at sweating. Because infrared, what it does is when you walk into the sauna, it's not hot. So it heats you from the inside out. Right. You can get hotter in an infrared sauna than you can in another sauna because you walk into a wet or a dry sauna and you're like, oh my God, it's so hot. I can't, I can't stay here for long. You can't breathe. But you walk into an infrared and you can hang out and you get the deep thermal benefits. That's cool. It was crazy. And so then, of course, everyone picked up on that. And, of course. But I've always wanted one. I'm telling you, this is three years in the making. And um, I, But my three, this particular location has been three years in the making, but it's, I've been, it's been a life of research. And, well, and everyone reading. has an IRS. Like Tony Robbins has one, right? And he, he does has his cold plunge in the morning. Yeah, he does his plunge every morning. That's things of legends right there. That's cool. So, like, you have athletes that probably do this every time they work out, right? Or maybe at least once For or sure. twice a week. Yeah, and it's just 30 minutes. The research, if you're in there for 30 minutes, you're good. You're getting the benefit. Your lymphatic system, immune system, circulatory system. Well, I've also heard, too, and this is probably something you can vouch for, EMFs can be toxified, you know, magnetic waves can be detoxified in IR sauna, right? Yeah, you know what? I haven't heard that recently. Oh. Yeah, there's actually a Tell me, tell me. There's a couple I feel of, like I've heard this a long time ago. There's a couple new brands coming out now that are marketing themselves as IR low. saunas that are zero EMF. Yeah. The one I have is super low. Mm -hmm. It's the, That's the one I researched, low EMF. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know, does it zero itself out? This is the question I have, and I'm sure Allison you know, can tell me, and even if Emilio was here, he'd probably have a, a, a say in this too. From what everything I've read is that the, the EMF detoxification has to have some kind of either pulsed or deep uh, penetrating spectrum. It will go there and it essentially activates like your mitochondria and, and, and to basically remove and start that detoxification process, almost like in a sense of it goes along the lines of the electron transport chain. Because it's basically filtering not only detoxification, but it's emphasizing ETC energy as well as ATP energy from the mitochondria. So the way it was promoted was that when you detoxify the body, yes, you can sweat things out. But it's like, how do you detoxify EMS? On a mitochondrial level. On a mitochondrial level to where if we're constantly surrounded by it, you can't just go outside and ground or you can't just sweat it out or you can't take a juice cleanse or whatever, right? That's exactly you, right. You have like, how do you do it? And it's like, well, we found a way to penetrate the cells on a deeper level, hence why the IRS sauna works because you're not doing it on the skin and then doing it from there superficially, you're not doing it. You're going penetrating all the way down on different layers to basically say, let's get out all the crap that's being stored in those mitochondria and the nucleus and get all this stuff out of that way the cells working better put it, put it in the lymphatic system and then flush it out yeah 
You're exactly right. And so that was part of my research. I needed to find the one that had the lowest EMF. But you might be right. It could be a canceling out effect. Well, that's what... Well, so, like, there was... There's been people who have come in and, like, you've seen those blue blocker lights? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, like, people will walk around with these yellow... And it's like the old school, like, 80s block blue blockers that used to be on infomers I've seen on TV, right? Essentially, you're blocking all the blue lights that are coming in to your system, right? And there's many different theories and research articles that talk about how blue lights can cause uh, toxic results in the body, inflammatory responses in the body. If, and if nothing less than just increasing your cortisol all day long and then also uh, messing with your circadian rhythm at night, essentially what it's doing is that throws you in a sympathetic mode all the time, mm-hmm. right? And then we know what happens with sympathetic mode. But it's like, well, if you were to tell someone, I want you to detox all the Wi-Fi that we've been surrounded by, right? Mm-hmm. We knew, like, a, like if you had a pregnant lady, you wouldn't tell her to go stand in front of a microwave, right? Because of the radiation exactly. coming. Exactly. But, I mean, right now, we have one, two, three, four, five <laughs> phones, and we have fluorescent lights. Fluorescent lights. I was going to say, fluorescent lights. So light. we have all that that's obviously going into our body. It's being absorbed, and it's staying there. And it's so, raining outside. And it's raining outside. <laughs> so, like, how do you get rid of that system, right? And the idea is, like, IR sauna has been told by me and numerous people that... You block the lights, but then at the same time, there's another spectrum to those lights that also detoxify like heavy metals, can hex, can detoxify like neurological symptoms. That's exactly right. And that's, you're talking about the spectrum right now. Yep. How it's microwave, radio waves, then microwaves, and then boom. Now we're, we're starting to get into that visible right, and then that infrared, and then boom. Then it's back into UV and very, very unsafe. So you're exactly right. You're, you're just surrounding yourself in the safe wavelength. So I would think that if you went in the IR sauna and you set it just, and obviously I don't know the settings, right, but if you did it correctly, you could produce more melatonin and vitamin D as opposed to going outside, right? Like, I mean, essentially, like, if you live in, if you live in Los Angeles, yeah, you're never going to see the sun, right? Like, because there's so much smog going There's so on, much smog. Right? So imagine you go in the IR sauna you never go outside because you're working 10 hour days inside, oh, could you still produce vitamin D and melatonin and help your circadian rhythm by going to the IR sauna? Maybe. Absolutely. We could test for it. I mean, we'll do a little test ourselves. Let's but, do it. But I, I, but I think, do it. I, I, let's do it. But I think that's the same mentality, right? Sweet. So then once again, it's hot therapy, right? There's the benefits of hot therapy exactly. when people say don't ever do it again. I'm like, yeah, I, I get that, but there's a benefit as well. To, and it's the simple approach. We agree with you. Yeah. There's a benefit to both. Yeah. And you know what else I think too, or actually I know, we live in a comfortable world, right? It's cold outside, we come inside to the heat. It's hot outside, we come inside. We don't tax our personal vascular system enough. We don't put ourselves in, into the discomfort. People have been shown to get rid of peripheral vascular disease or, or at least lessen the effects of peripheral vascular disease just shocking their bodies and putting their bodies into a oh, yeah. discom- an, an uncomfortable zone oh, yeah. of temperature. Yeah, because what happens... Thermoregulatory. The thermo- so what happens is the vasoconstriction, vasodilation of the arteries, right? So ice will constrict and heat dilates. So I was like, why the hell would you get rid of therapy that like allows you better blood circulation, right? For a diabetic that has no circulation, what's the first thing that's going to be affected? It's their feet and their, and their fingers, right? So you put a heating pad on there Increase blood circulation, going. get the lymphatic system activated, that's and right. filter out all the debris and toxic get crap that. that's built up in their feet. Get those toxins out. Right, and so you're thinking a, a hot hot therapy, right, which is incredible. So, uh, yeah. Because I it bet. makes sense to us, right? Why? Well, <laughs> yes. But Are we see, not doing it all but, the time? But like, like I said, talk to someone who's only been cold therapy and is in the primal and, and just primitive movement. So I see where they're coming from, right? But for runners, 
they don't need to know all that crap. They just say, is this going to help me run better? That's right. Is it going to help better circulation in my ankle? Is it going to keep my ankle from swelling up? Am I going to have less pain with my arthritis? I mean, maybe. For sure. Actually, that's what... It, it well, depends on what kind of type of arthritis. They have the doctor recommending it for rheumatoid arthritis. All yeah, the time. because that's what he would recommend for. Can you differentiate the difference between rheumatoid and osteoarthritis? Mm-hmm. Osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. People are born with osteoarthritis is typically something that happens over time. Um, rheumatoid arthritis is also autoimmune, and osteo is not. Yeah. Yeah. So you know the research definitely shows that it's been proven to benefit rheumatoid. I haven't seen research for osteo. Have you? I haven't, but I would guess it probably wouldn't, and here's why. Because if osteoarthritis is inflammatory, most likely, then I would say cold is all better, right? But for rheumatoid arthritis, you would think like there's a lot of um, circulatory issues as well as... um, Rheumatoid factors. Yeah, and there's rheumatoid factor, but then there's also the, um, the nervous system involvement. Because if you're under chronic autoimmune distress, you're chronically in sympathetic mode, right? So sympathetic mode is going to vasoconstrict your arteries and veins, right? So when you think about someone that has like a, a clogged artery, right, and there's not blood flow that's going through, mm. imagine that they're stressed all the time and they wonder why the blood flow backs up and causes high blood pressure, right? It's because there's no circulation. It's constricted. So get that person to calm down, relax them, have ground or whatever, do the IR sauna, hopefully it vasodilates and opens up that circulation. Mm-hmm. And so when you have rheumatoid arthritis, it's the same thing, but it's... It's weird because it's like it's just chronic inflammation that's pro- causing the body to be distressed all the time. So I'm guessing that even like if you have an infiltrated vein from an IV, the first thing you put on there is, is heat so you can push the circulation into a circulatory mode and keep it going. That's why heat with lymphatic system is so great. You drain, you, you, you heat everything up in the sauna, oh, right? Think about oh, it. Like okay. the sauna, people would go to that how many years before the, the, the was it? Is it the Russian baths, the Swedish baths? Finnish. The Finnish, Finnish baths, yeah. They have like big competitions right on out there where they just go and to it's like 160 degrees. It's been around forever. But you're right, the old research that we know, osteo being good for uh, cold, that's that's all I've real there. It's, it's still, still there. there. I, but yeah, for rheumatoid heat. But isn't that interesting? Yeah. That th- th- these things are around Europe, everywhere. People that walked in that day that had been to Japan are like, these are all over Japan. Why are they not here. in abundance here? Oh, yeah. So we had a, a doctor. I had this seminar one time I attended. It was a doctor who did um, pain management, physical medicine, and rehab rotations in Japan. And um, he, they went over there, and they looked at their hospital system. And the way that they treat pain management is a lot different than here in the States, right? Here is take a pill or get a shot or something, right? out there they were using acupuncture right because it's eastern medicine right and it was funny because at one point these american doctors were rotating with these japanese doctors and they were taking the acupuncture needles out and they would put them in another person in a bed over and it was like oh my god but where's the where's the, the compliance officer at the sterile aspect of this whole room has been broken because you're reusing needles all again right and the Japanese doctors and kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, no one here gets an infection. No one gets sick here. This is just a common thing that we've just done in practice forever. But because it was so new to us, we thought, well, one, we don't know it, so we're going to dismiss it. And then, right. then, two, you're not doing it the right way from our standards, right? But our standards, the way that we treat recovery is, instead of going into an ice bath or going to our sauna, it's say, take a Bayer aspirin, mm-hmm. take a Motrin, well, take stronger. Prescription strength something. They're take gonna the easy way. Take uh, it something we can't pronounce. Yeah. Or we're gonna prescribe you this. 
what is that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know yeah. What that is. and it might be a temporary relief, and I get that there's a time and place for it, right? But what about the athlete that has really bad arthritis, maybe rheumatoid arthritis, that has to keep taking it over and over and over again? Mm -hmm. It's tearing up their liver and it's tearing up their kidneys, and they're like, what's the other option? You say, hey, you can try IR7. You know, you come in here and it'll help your RA, help with the circulation, might be able to make you more mobile, right? And mm -hmm. then allows them to go run more, right? An RA is not a dead sentence to be able to keep from what you're doing. If anything, as a PT, you tell them you gotta keep moving, right? You gotta 100%. stay active. Yes, you have to stay active. And so as a PT and a lifelong athlete, I would see, like, like we were talking about earlier, so many overuse injuries and, and just so life gets onto people, right? They're sitting for so long and, they're doing a lot of things in the sagittal plane of motion. And, and there, I just saw a, a disconnect in a lot of places. I found they weren't going to chiros or massage, or maybe they were, but then they had to go that massage. They went to acupuncture there. They, well, I don't know, what exercises should I do? Were they compliant sometimes? So I just wanted to create this space that had the experts, an, an acupuncture experts, amazing massage therapists, performance experts and specifically performance experts that will take you into the other two planes of motion that you don't put your body into when, if you're trying to think about it on your own, right? Yeah. You're not gonna do the frontal plane of motion if someone didn't tell you to because why would you think that? Or moving into the transverse plane of motion and often missed and targeted miss, missed muscles that aren't that aren't worked. That's right. what I geek out about as a trainer. Oh, That's yeah. what my training largely was. Oh, she's also a trainer you, too. Yeah, yeah of course she is, right? <laughs> <laughs> They were roasting me before this podcast recording started. Anyway, can you explain the three planes of motion, please? I would love to. Thank you. So the sagittal plane of motion is motion that we, we kind of go this way. You know, we, we sit and we squat and we walk and we run. And then the frontal plane of motion is a motion moving laterally. And then the transverse plane of motion is we add a little bit of rotation. And um, the smartest and the best athletes I noticed would not be doing this and they were just a, a great and maybe they would and they wouldn't know but they would get injured but they didn't know why and I, and I would always notice it was the lack of doing enough motions into the other two planes of motion and they would develop these overuse injuries and they weren't balanced they would lose power because we lose power if we're not yeah. balanced on the planes of motion and we need all these different tissues targeted and for strength and performance yeah, and i could not agree more you know what's hilarious is that when you see someone in the gym first of all you have you have someone that goes for vanity muscles right so you know what they're doing. Do they're doing a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you got chest, biceps, triceps, whatever, big legs. Uh, but you also wonder, like, what are they doing from a lateral movement standpoint? What are they doing for those glute minimus and medius, right? What are they doing to activate the idea that their proprioception and their equilibrium That's right. Balance un understands that when you're stability. trying to stand on your left leg, that your body gets the idea to balance on that side, right? So. It's, it's weird, like, if you think about, like, the, the hip and shoulder, that they're ball and socket Circumductors. Joints. They're circumductors, right? So the idea is that they're not going to move in just one plane. That's they're right. moving, like, everywhere. Right. Right? So that's what your Our hip needs to do. flow into the That's what your shoulder needs to do. So how many bodybuilders go in and do rotator cuff exercises beforehand or afterwards, right? No one does that, right? So you're not even hitting those planes. And how many shoulder injuries do you see come in? that easily could have been prevented way before, but what happened was overusage. I don't have time to sit back. I'm injured, but I gotta complete this race. I gotta go do this competition, or I can't lose my gains, right? They pull a bicep, 
It all started with like a shoulder injury, right? Push through it. And they pushed through it. So talk about soft tissue, all right? If the overusing is there, <laughs> what do you do for soft tissue damage? Me personally? You, what do you recommend there at your oh, place? Oh, it's like, fantastic. What? Well, it's acute or chronic. What are we yeah, talking about? Yeah, oh, let's, let's say an acute injury. Let's say I come in some and I have a strain. In, I strain my bicep and I know it's about to tear. What am I going to do about it? Well, I'm glad they came in then. Most yeah, people don't. They both. They I see a lot right. of chronic injuries. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. So no pain, no gain, right? No pain, no oh gain. Oh my gosh, I hurt something. Oh, I love that. Uh, that never happens. I, the first thing that's going to pop in my mind, just so you guys know, is going to be kinesio taping. And it took me a while. I had to see it in practice before I just thought, okay, that is the bee's knees. Because as you guys know, you can facilitate, you can inhibit with that tape. And boy, is that tape great for tactile feedback and it's also a, a, it's a it's it's a, a skin protector too yeah. How is so that we're getting different from regular tape thank you it's stretchy it's stretchy so you can use it loose to that's right you can really like tension on the muscle and, and, and you can tighten it for stability that's right so you can yeah. you can you can inhibit the tissue so protect it so for an acute injury I'd immediately inhibit we do just light manual not you know at this point it's um probably a stringy feel to the tissue if i'm touching the tissue yeah. it's stringy you want to be super protective and careful with that depending on the grade of strain it is um you don't want to tear that down too much chronically all day long we can tear that down create inflammation break it down so that the tissue can fi start finding itself neuromuscular education but this acutely be super careful with my hands Look, educate, obviously do a lot of protective and, and taping, and then I'm a big proponent at this point, uh, depending on the days, of either ice or contrast, actually. I do love blood. And the reason I love blood to acute injuries, as you guys know, it brings oxygen and blood to the tissue. Mm -hmm. It's going to go in there, and it's going to start healing. So heat is not a bad thing for acute. We used to think it was. That's funny, because I've always been told... First 72 hours after injury, only ice. Depends on the swelling. So if it's really, really swollen, get that ice on there. Couple days in, maybe. Yes, yes. Now you start contrasting. Get that blood that's back in there. Because now, right? And then you can go back and forth, right? That's right. I've heard that. That's right. So. And so, I typically uh, don't see acute injuries. People don't come in when. Yeah, I would just say, but the cool <laughs> thing is, like, don't. the kinesio tape, I'm glad you brought that up. Know, because the kinesio tape is its own practice. It is its own practice. And you can do a lot of different things. As a practitioner, like us, we know what we're doing. It can hurt. If you're taping yourself, you can actually hurt yourself. But someone that knows what they're doing can actually help you tremendously. Oh, yeah. It can really protect. Do you do the, the fans? Do you yes, the fans? of course I do. So I the funny thing is, so I the Kinesia tape was actually popularized from, uh, I think, the Olympics. Yes, it, it Beijing. Was a, it was Beijing, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone saw these athletes with these colorful tapings all over their stomach. I saw it in the shoulders. Yes. You see a lot of them in uh, basketball now. James Harden has one on his right shoulder all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess the Houston PT, they do a lot of Kinesia tape. But um, I always looked at it as not just for sports injuries, but the protocols for it teach even lymphatic drainage because yes. of the fan. So when you cut the fan, yeah. uh, the, 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 the tape, you basically fan them out and it can activate the lymphatic lymph nodes in that area to help That's decrease amazing. the swelling. And it's incredible because the hardest part is when you cut those fans, keeping them on, right? Because you don't want to peel back. So that's where it comes down to your technique, right? That's right. Because right. you don't want them rolling up because they're supposed to be like waterproof, right? You're supposed to be able to shower with them for that's at least right. a day or so. So if you get a good person who knows what they're doing, they'll stay on there. And I've seen it, Achilles injuries, 
um, uh, stomach distension, rotator cuff injuries. In fact, actually, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a sports tape. I think he's from a PT in Australia. Spider Tech. Okay. It, tape. It, it's not those. It, what <laughs> it is? No, no. The thing is, is it's, it's, it's not a kinesio tape. It's an actual athletic tape that's stronger than that. It's like a beige tape, but it would be for someone if they had like a separated AC. Ooh, what is that? Or if they had a torn patella tape. I'll go find it. I want to find but, out. But it was really tough, tough tape, and it was the same. So app, it, it was the same application. It was elastic though. It was, but it was like a mix between the kinesio and the athletic tape. Oh, so it was the durability I, I of the athletic tape, but it was the, but it was the flexibility of the kinesio. I'll, That's amazing. I'll look for it again, but it was literally if someone had a, a pulled or separated something, you could put it on there and it would put it back together again, like a separated shoulder. That's amazing. That stuff is surprisingly robust, but I would still love to know something that I could pull an AC joint back together. Well, there was a guy he tore his ACL, and he didn't want to get it fixed, no, and so didn't. he kept doing the spider tape and the rock tape around his knee. And when I did the AP tibia test, when I would pull it forward, I mean, it would go forward. But but then he taped it and it would go But he would tape forward. it and it was fine. He was still oh running marathons. God. So you talk about the acute setting. I'm sitting there like, dude, are you serious with wow. this mess? And he's like, yeah, I just can't slow down. And I'm like, you're, are you serious? Your leg's going to pop off and just fly through the air when you're running one day. That's what's going to happen. Wow. But, but for him, he'll like walk up. up. Yeah. And that's nuts. That's, you know, that's it's crazy him. though because uh, I've never done any kinesio tape other than the only tape I've ever done is like ankles back in tennis, but um, but then you also have a lot of people that talk down on the kinesio tape. Do you do you ever find that? And is it just because it's someone that doesn't know how to apply it right? Yes, probably. That's what I'm finding. You know what? And it, it took me a long time. I, you know, I, I got certified in, it and I thought, oh, well, just, I don't believe in that. I just didn't it because it seemed bogus to me. How can this really work? Then I would use it on myself. I would use it on clients, and it took me. I needed to see it in practice. I, I need to see things proven and and that they're tried and true and it it, it finally i in it but i noticed it was because of the application yeah it was the applier oh yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's funny I've, I've met tons of pts that are like yeah the baloney and blah blah blah, right. blah. i'm like have you used it in practice i haven't done it. i'm like well if you're just putting it across like one strip like that's nothing like you have to like the shoulder protocol for example there's a circle that goes around and then you activate the lateral deltoid let's say that you have an ankle injury right like do you want it to pronate or supernate because are you protecting oh, the atfl and i've got my own i've got my own protocols too, yeah I've see, discovered. You so know. that's the, see that's the cool thing so that one goes even further and i knew when it went public and mainstream when you go get the kt tape like at academy and all that i'm thinking everyone's just going to go on youtube and do this themselves Exactly. And that's, right. and that's not right because some of them know what they're doing, but exactly. how many people walk around knowing anatomy? That just doesn't happen. And sometimes, you know, you and I can look at those YouTube videos and think, okay, that's, that makes sense. That's cool. That doesn't really make sense no, to people no. because they're looking at that and, they're, and, and they, it doesn't make sense. Well, it, it brings us to the next point. Like, you do ART. Imagine okay. if you told someone, go home and do Grafton on themselves. I said, and that's why I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us what ART is. So it's active release techniques, and I actually do kind of meld and fuse a whole bunch of different manual techniques. I mean, as you've been the practitioner for a long time, too. I've just wanted to be a PT since I was 12, and I've mentored and traveled the country following people. And so I've got just a, a, a hodgepodge of things that I do, and I don't know what it's called, but it's actually not pure and strict ART. It's a, a kind of a fusion of thing. You'll have to experience it, maybe. But um, it's just a it's a... It's unique, I know, I hear. People yeah. say, well, it's unique. and So you do it personally? I do. I do. I, I, and I'm fully ART certified. That's probably what you're talking about. Yeah. But what I do when people come in, like even pro athletes are like, whoa, that's that's amazing. What is that? That's not exactly ART. That's better. And I don't, you know, not trying to. But sure. I just have my own thing that I. 
So, that so I do. but it's soft tissue work. Yes. That's essentially yes, what it is, right? So, if someone came to you and said, I have an IT band issue, yes. you're going to say, I have something that can help with that. Right, because they For, sure. And you say it's the the soft tissue release, active release, whatever you want to call it, right? Yes, I, you know, uh, you know, in office, I sort of just get in my head and I'm looking at things and I'm testing and I'm I'm watching them and some things and then I'm muscle testing and um, trying not to guess. You know, you want to kind of go through some objective things, but you know, being in practice for a while, you you sort of know what you're going to do. And um, I see a lot of TFL stuff too, right? Yeah. TFL all day long, the shortened, the psoas, the pelvis rotating, the diaphragms, you know, we were born with an asymmetrical diaphragm, right? Yeah. That's where we are born, right? That's Not true. All, right? That's true. So I see left rib flare, uh, left, rib cage, rib, left rib cage flare all the time, right? Yeah. So this is up, we're not pulling ourselves down, we're shortened here, we're not compressing, we're not breathing through our diaphragms, so the pelvis rotates. That's cool. I never thought about it that way. Right. Because you even have that cushion for the organs and everything around yeah. the diaphragm. That exactly. makes sense. And so, yeah, I see those patterns a lot. So I'm trying to think, and that's what we want to do in performance classes. I'm trying to educate the coaches, like pulling core, really pull in and try to get that left rib cage down. And that's some things that we'll do. Our performance coaches are, are really going to be looking to make sure we're balanced, we're symmetrical, and, and we're not. We're not symmetrical, no, right? Never, we're not. Never. We're not. But we're trying to minimize the asymmetry, right? Because we're going to walk around like this with yeah. our left rib cage, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. rotate and this no, but people rotating. do. People totally do. Look, I, I, if you look at newscasters, it's a prime example. Look how many of them have a perfect posture when they're talking into the camera. Most of them have their heads tilted a certain way. Their shoulders are up. Just look how people sit and talk. Like, it's incredible, right? But, like, that, that kind of brings me to my question. So, like, if you have IT band syndrome. Yes. What is that the I? only thing that you work on? No. So, that's where I was going with it. And, yeah. you know, I, I get it in my head and I'm... Uh, I know I'm looking at the whole body, right? I'm a physical therapist and you're also a chiropractor, so you know we're looking at the whole body. Yeah. We're looking at everything and it bothers us sometimes. Like, oh my gosh, we gotta let's pull that that yeah, way. Foot's flaring out right let's, there, yeah, yeah. Let's move that and the pulse is out and okay. Uh, that's we always not look fire. at people running on like whenever we're driving and we see people <laughs> running, check out this guy. Well I've seen one where they do where they do this one, where they run and they their legs are like kicking yeah. out like this. And I'm like, Oh my yeah. god, that looks painful. That's indicative that their VMO's weak too. That is but, yeah. um I was gonna ask you when we're all judging. We're just judging y'all when y'all run. So <laughs> <laughs> um, when you're working on athletes specifically, say you're working on a pro golfer or tennis player or something like that, um, yes, it's good for their performance to be minimally imbalanced, but do you treat them a little bit differently than the average Joe? Because you That's need to have that imbalance to be a high performer in some of those sports where your swing is only one direction. That was something we talked about a lot in the performance facility I used to work in. Yeah, no, you bring up a good question. Most of the time, these people are coming in with pain. Yeah. So my primary goal is to try to get them out of pain yeah. and help them, like you say, bring in some symmetry. But you know what I find? They're going to be really asymmetrical because they're doing what they're doing, right? That right. side is so much stronger. And it's bigger, and there's really not anything I can do on my end to screw that up much. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. I mean, there's different stages when it comes to a therapy plan, right? There's acute, there's subacute, and there's chronic, right? So just like it is in medicine, you want to say, well, what's the, the first thing they're presenting with? Then after that, what's the cause of it? And if you can come up with a solution, you say, well, here's our plan, right? So it's... Most, and I, I say this with loving heart, most PTs will focus on one thing, 
It's whatever they were prescribed by the doctor, right? They got ankle problems, take care of their ankle. That's all I'm allowed to focus on. Because technically, you know the prescription just to work on their knee, right? You're exactly right. So, I mean... You're it, exactly right. But I've been a cash-based PT. That's for, the difference. For right. so, 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 so there's for a difference. Just like my buddy time. I was telling you about, the that's manual right. therapist. I'm word of mouth, if you, can, if you can come in and tell the person, I don't have necessarily an acute injury, but I've had this nagging injury for a while. It won't go away. How can you help? That's where they come and see you. And that's the difference I know from PTs is the idea of saying, well... If you already did three sessions with the PT and it's still there, what are y'all doing? Right? Because the idea of saying it's obviously not working, you're missing the boat. It's the same thing with chiropractors. You know how many people I see, like I've seen a chiropractor that haven't been able to help me with this. I don't think I can help everything, but I'm like, well, what if I tried this approach? What if it's an adjustment of the spine and taking care of the soft tissue as well? Right? So it's all inclusive. What if it is your lower back issue is starting in your hip? What if your knee problems didn't start in your knee? What if it started in your ankle that you rolled three years ago and you weren't able to ever land on That's it correctly? Exact, that's a lot right? Of it right there. Right. So then, the acute issue with the golfer getting them out of pain is one thing, but then yes, to correct their imbalance, you're going to say, really "Well, look at look at your elbows." I mean, right now you got overextended. I mean, this golfer's elbow, right? Tendonitis is an, is the technical term. Is it was it lateral? No, it's a medial, 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 medial epicondylitis, tennis elbows, lateral. lateral. Okay. And so if you literally have all that pressure going in from this side, mm -hmm. then it's just like Allison said, it's just in there. But then you say, okay, let me get you out of the pain on the inside, but then let's strengthen the muscles that are inhibited around you. And then maybe we can correct your swing. Exactly. And you know, the, the Leahy, Dr. Leahy, yeah. who invented ART, is a chiropractor. Yeah. Well, um, you remember, you know that story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I just adjusted them, and it wouldn't. He's like, then I started realizing I need to address the soft tissue, and yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if you ever heard this guy's name's Goodhart, but he was. Yes. Yeah, he, Dr. Goodhart was the yeah. chiropractor for the Olympians back when like Jenner was running. Yeah. You know, he. The funny thing about it is he did something called applied kinesiology, which I don't know. Yes. If, yeah, okay. So it's like muscle testing. Yes. Okay. So he was a, like a DO slash chiropractor, and he was so chastised from the medical team that he would travel with the Olympians, but they would see him behind the scenes, like at a hotel or something, way offside from wherever they were at. But he was getting them all better because yeah. he was incorporating all these different things into the muscles. Because now, from a PT perspective, you know about Golgi tendons, you know about muscle That's fibers, right. and and the actin and the myosin and all the contraction. And the idea is that if the muscle keeps contracting and keeps spasming out, you don't, it doesn't matter how much work you do around it. If that muscle is still in that holding pattern, That's right. then it's going to all be undone. Can we talk about I, I feel <laughs> yeah. like we could talk no, until midnight. Sure. Yeah. But we're going to digress. Did you read that new research on them targeting uh, them? Who was it? I can't remember. The muscle cramping at the GTO. Did you read that? Uh, what does it say? Isn't it crazy? So... Okay, so what they did is they took two athletes. This was over time. Several same two athletes after races, and they gave them both the same hydration, the same electrolytes, but one would cramp and one wouldn't. They were so perplexed because, right, we think cramping, oh, you're dehydrated. It, was, it ended up they targeted and found that it was coming from the GTO. So when they targeted GTO, their GTOs, the cramping went away. I need more information, but I thought for sure you've read this or heard about I it. I probably have. It's the whole but see, it's it, no, it's still they're still perplexed. It's it's brand new, you know. It's like they're just tapping into where this 
where muscle cramping is coming from and why certain people tend to cramp more than others. Well, that makes sense because the dry needling that PTs can do, right, y'all can do, you essentially, when you inject the acupuncture needle into the belly and the fiber, you're activating the GTO, That's right. right. You're twisting. And then it spasms. And then it spasms. And then That's it what releases. dry needling is doing to relieve muscle spasm. That's incredible. It's so interesting. And it's funny because it all comes from acupuncture. I know. And then I'm wondering, too, if you can target it via via a shot or something. Like, you can target... Because you're, you're injecting some ah, intramuscular. Okay. You so, see where I'm trying okay. to go with this? So, yeah. so this is funny. Yeah. So, I'm just thinking. So this is the funny thing. So we have, we have people that come in here that with muscle soreness, right? right? And so it's funny. And cramping? And cramping. So from the technical diagnosis, if you know... I don't remember ICD-10 off the top of my head, but ICD-10 code, I know yep. it's like 728.85. I got some memorized. Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, That's a muscle spasm. All right. Okay, got it. So a muscle spasm will be like, what is exactly the spasm on a severity level? Is it that you cramped up from dehydration or is it it's a spasm where it's like you threw your back out and you basically cannot relax, you can't sit down, right? Or like They're, ridiculous, ridiculous. Ridicul- yeah, just something right, like, right? Yeah. So then when you say like they have a cramp, what can you do for it, right? There's muscle relaxers, there's soft tissue work, um, there's relaxation methods. I mean, there's CBD products now, right? So from our perspective, <laughs> most likely it's an athlete who overworked the muscle. Right, and it's kind of cramped. Maybe back in the day, you, you still remember the lactic acid story, right? And you mm-hmm. think about all the ammonia and all that stuff that's basically stayed in the muscle, mm-hmm. and you need it filtered out of the system to detox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We look at it in the sense of saying, let's get the lactic detox. acid out. Yeah. So then we say, what can we do to open it up? So arginine, vasodilator, gotcha. get it out of there. Nitric oxide, it promotes get ammonia the release. There, yeah. Push it out. Yeah. And so like taurine does the same thing. Carnitine, glutamine, all those things will flush the muscle out. And then we mix in like some things to kind of help relax the people and smooth t- muscle tissue. And so we have a shot that's, that's kind of similar to that. So when people say, I'm kind of sore and cramped, my back hurts, like, well, let's detox all that crap out of there. And Get so your body we, kind of recall and relax. Yeah. And so we're essentially detoxing the muscle directly because from a scientific standpoint, lactic acid is a, uh, is a byproduct of free radical damage to that muscle. So when you have a, an athlete, right, and you know this too, when you have an athlete that basically overdoes it, and they have uh, soreness the next day, right? We know it's not just lactic acid building up, it's micro tears in the fiber, right? Yeah, so acute inflammation is good at first, right? Micro tears in the fiber means the body's gonna send something to go heal it. But if it's chronic inflammation, it's gonna stay damaged, right? Tendinopathy starts happening, right? So how do you keep it from developing that inflammation, the tendon? Flush out all the inflammation that's staying in there, right? Um, calcification goes to an injury in a body part that has bone spurs, right? Or a calcified tendon, right? right? You know that's one of the biggest things with shoulder injuries, right? Flush that out. Flush all that out. How do we do it? You keep flushing it out, you activate the urea cycle with a lot of the amino acids we do, and essentially you're flushing out the ammonia, the nitrogen, all the byproducts from all that free radical damage from utilizing those muscles during exercise. And so when there's a post-workout drink, a supplement, for example, a lot of times people like to take them and they think it's they're building energy by doing protein. Make sure you eat your protein 30 minutes afterwards and it repairs your muscles. Yeah, it's gonna make more muscle mass and all that, but what is it doing to detoxify the muscle? And repair. And repair. Yeah. And so that's the thing with, with soft tissue work like you're doing right there. Um, even the ice bath that you're doing right after the workout, you're essentially promoting decreased inflammation in that area, which means you're hopefully your detox system is gonna flush it out better, right? So the idea from the acute standpoint, like you said, the person that has that injury, you wanna see them right away. That's right. If you have an ankle injury, they need to come see you right away, right? Because you're like, I, there's three or four things we can do now yep. to where we shave off three or four days That's right. off of this injury. That's exactly right. Interesting, on that same subject, I forgot to mention, in that same research, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, 
noted that the DOMS, or the delayed onset muscle soreness, so, so she too was citing that this muscle damage is great because you damage the muscle to rebuild it, but what the infrared sauna would do is it would repair the tissue faster with less uh, pain by, by sure. DOMS. With less, so you still got the strain and the repair of the tissue. It would expedite the repair of the tissue and, del and decrease DOMS but not decrease the effect that the workout would have. So does that make sense? Yes, it does. So if I'm guessing it, does it? Send, and I could send that article to you because I might not. Have is it that the gate way. theory we're talking about? It basically closes the door. That's I didn't think of it like that way. Okay, so it could potentially. So have you heard of gate theory? You yes. That? Okay, so, so that's a good point. So gate theory is what happens when you have an injury to an area. Like let's say I go and I stub my toe. There's that delayed signal from the oh, yeah. toe that comes up to the brain and says, yeah. ow, yeah. right, that pain. So what happens is the signal goes happened. back to the, the, the body in that area where it was injured and says, hey, that hurt, that's pain. And the pain signals are constantly firing until you close the door and shut off those signals from going to the foot. So like there's a theory like in pain management that people never ever shut off that and close that gate in pain, chronic pain, because the inflammation is always firing, the, the door is wide open, but with... I'm guessing, like acute injuries, you can shut that door, and I'm guessing the pain signals from a neuropathy standpoint and inflammation are shut down from IR asana, even cold therapy for that matter. That's an interesting hypothesis. I don't recall her but mentioning I, that, but, but she had several but, hypotheses. But it, but it makes sense, though, because like DOMS is delayed onset muscle soreness, right? So it's all nerve signals that are basically going there and, and going back to the aftermath of what you did to your body. Because think about this. Every time that you work out, you're putting a lot of physical stress on your body. Even 30 minutes of exercise is more than sufficient to be almost accommodating to any type of exercise lifestyle. But how many people in Austin alone work out for two or three hours? Right. I'm, I'm one of those people that work out for two hours and I say, I got everything done, right? People that do doubles, right? We have friends that hate cardio. They say, don't even do cardio because it causes more damage to the muscle tissue than you could ever imagine. We can check troponin levels in athletes now that we never did before and it shows cardiac damage. From overuse, it's That's repetitive. Yeah, and it's incredible right. because you think about oxygenation not getting to the blood uh, and not getting to the muscles correctly, and then your muscles are depleted from electrolytes, and then you got this pain sensory that's just constantly firing. So you have all this inflammation everywhere. And the funny thing is, so true. All that's done, and then the person like doesn't even stretch after they work out. They just <laughs> walk in. And they're like, they didn't even drink water afterwards. And that research makes me sad as an as an endurance athlete. I love triathlons, I love running. So when I read that, I'm like, no. Oh no! I'll tell you this, and I'm gonna pick on. I'm gonna pick on because I love the guy. This guy used to run marathons, all right. And at one point, he was complaining about his back hurting, and I said, "Well, bend over and touch your toes." He couldn't even bend over and touch his toes, and he was training for an Ironman. And I was like, "What the hell is wrong with this picture here?" He said, what do you mean? I said, you, "You're this endurance athlete, and yet you can't even bend over and touch your toes, man. Come on, what the hell's wrong with you, right?" And well, then sometimes, sorry. To butt in. Sometimes yep, that is a specificity of training thing, right? Like, I do think flexibility does help, obviously, just in health in general. But, I mean, there's specific instances where you'll see, like, in dancers or in runners, like, in dancers, yeah, you want them to be strong, but they have to be able to maintain their flexibility. And I'm not saying you have to be one or the other, but at some point, the flexibility needs to take priority. At some point, the endurance training needs to take priority and your body physically doesn't want to be both strong and flexible. That's why it's such a contradiction when we see people who for hunch forward from sitting at a desk all day, but then their chest muscles are also weak 
your body your body's muscles are not supposed to be tight and also weak they're either supposed to be tight and strong or loose and weak yeah and so one of the reasons why your flexibility tends to go down just with any sort of strength or endurance training is because the body is trying to adapt to the pressure you're constantly putting on it you can't outstretch that oh yeah. i also didn't never stretch that, yeah, that, like, yeah. I, I did, I did, <laughs> it was a thing for me like i'm not gonna stretch like, don't, don't don't justify yeah. it for him this guy didn't stretch that was the thing and now he does yoga every day is that I, once i still once i started stretching um my strides got longer, so my speed increased. Or, or you know, de- well, yeah, my, my speed got better because mm-hmm. of that. But Allison does bring up a good point with the specificity. I find, it, 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 at least in my clinic and in the research, that there is, there is um, the contractile tissue, the tissue, especially in the hamstrings, wants to be a little closer together, right? The contractile tissue wants to be able to contract quickly so you can... So you, in maybe increasing your flexibility and going further, that is to a point, like she was saying, if yeah. you got too flexible, you wouldn't be as fast. Oh, right? yeah. oh Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, no, because you know what? I, now it's funny. We get it's tons of yogis that come in here, yeah. and the funny thing is, Baldi hears me say this all the time. I said, it's a good thing that you're a yogi, but it's also a bad thing because your flexibility allows you to overextend your range of motion, and you know in range of motion you have in-play, right? When you have range of motion like flexion, extension, lateral flexion, ro- uh, rotation, whatever, there's a degrees that it goes to, right? So like for example, with depending on all the joints, my head at the neck flexion goes forward, but it's not gonna go like a completely like 90 degrees down here a lot of times. Some people only can go like maybe 30 degrees or 40 degrees, right? The idea is I just need some kind of motion going. People that could go more than that, then you look at things like Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, it's basically hyper ligament issue where you have laxity, right? They're too flexible and their ligaments are too lax from basically too much sprains or too many sprains. And then you say like, well, yeah, you might be injured and it might be restricted, the muscle might be tight, but you're so flexible that you can still do everything you were doing before, but it's just causing more damage, right? The body, like Allison said, has an amazing ability to guard itself. If your head hurts to flex forward, your body's gonna say, just don't flex forward. And your body locks up and it keeps you from doing that. Pain goes away. But then range of motion goes away. Yeah, that's right. Right? And so then after a while, it's like, well, if I still have the range of motion because I'm a yogi and I can bend forward and all that time, no problem, but the pain's still there. If there's nothing restricting you other than just pain, people have pain tolerances. I can fight through the pain, but I still got my range of motion, which means I can still work out. I can still do yoga. I can still run. Baldo had no flexibility in his back, but not at one point did he say, I need to stop running because I have no flexibility. He wanted to stop running because his back was hurting him. That's right. And it was pain. That could have been caused by the tight hips too. So. Right. Yeah. So, so that's the thing, right? They could be causing. So this is endless cycle, and it's. I was weird. also my nutrition sucked at that point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But, but it it is a vicious cycle, and it's weird because it's more like prevention is key, right? Prevention is recovery, right? Everything that you have in your clinic. I mean, I'm sure there's way, way more stuff that you can go into. That's but why you call it a clinic. That, but it's essentially it's the lab, right? The it's lab. a laboratory, right? I love the lab. You're your own, you're your own uh, specimen. You come in here and you try these things to yes. see what works. You experiment, see what fits you because there's many options, right? You don't like the cold bath, you can do the arsana. You don't like to sweat, jump in the cold bath for five minutes, right? Hey, you don't like all that stuff, you need some soft tissue work. You come up and get analyzed, get an exam, right? All of a sudden, it's like, you know what? It's not coming from your thigh. It's coming from your hip. Oh, that's been the problem all along. Yeah, start stretching out your piriformis, open up your hip flexors, and guess what? That lower back pain is going to start getting better. Amen. Right? 
Which I is could pretty, have said it better. Right. So that's right. You're a specimen. Yeah. yeah. It's I so love sure. it. You know, it's funny. I, I appreciate you coming on because I don't get to do my sports rehab physiology as much as I, I, I got to this. do that. This so it's so cool. Fun. I got to come out and, and think about it. I was like, yeah. kinesiotape, man. I haven't done this that in a while. So you know? played with the Olympic team, too, in, uh, yeah, I, I, in I, Colombia. Yeah, I, I went in South America and, and trained at, a, at an Olympic training facility. We did all sports rehab. And it was funny because... The Spanish was the, the translator, right? Obviously, the idea of the, like translating what I was doing to them, they didn't know what chiropractic was. They didn't know what Graston was. We had cold laser therapy. They didn't know what that was. They didn't know what kinesio tape was. But every time I explained in Spanish, I said, this is going to make you perform better. Yeah. Let's do it. They were there. And so that's what you have with athletes, right? You might go into the science with them. Like, is it going to let me? That's exactly right. faster. Thank you so much for letting me yeah. run out with you. Because yeah. most people are like, uh, what? Am I going to get back? Yeah, that's you. what it is. But no, that's no, all I need to know. So, so all right. So, the name of the place again? Generator, Generator Athlete Lab in Seahome at downtown Seahome Power Plant inside the actual power plant. Yep. Easy and to find. Easy to find. And okay. we are right off, right on Town Lake, and we are we're opening up this weekend. Open awesome. up this weekend, this weekend. Uh, seven days a week, maybe? Seven days a seven week. Seven days a week. So, they can come in anytime and come see you. Anytime. And you're there, and they'll come and say, maybe not seven days all the time, but well, man, at first, probably at first you are, right? There are going to be a lot of people there seven days a week, so they can see a lot of different people. But they people. can come and act for, ask for Dr. Jess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then cool. we have a big event on Saturday. Once you guys come out to it too, we're co-hosting the issue release party with Austin Fit Magazine. Oh yeah, uh, come there on. Go. There you go. You this Saturday. Go. This I have, Saturday. I have tickets for that. Uh, oh good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, no, for real. We'll see. Yeah, yes, yes. Because that's going to be fun. Oh uh, no. I, well, you're right down the street. Well, I want to come and jump in the window. Is that happening all day? Yes. I think they're going to be there from 12 to 4. Okay. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm going to come... And I'm going to film myself getting in the ice bath and doing IR sauna. And then I'll tell you what, I got some tendonitis stuff right here. So if you want to work your little magic on my on my elbow, let me know. Get some video tape on we'll it. Do some, yeah, we'll do all that stuff. And I'll, I want to see all your techniques because then I can kind of be like, this is Yeah, we'll do a live stream and all. Yeah, we'll do a live stream and all. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I can't believe uh, that, you know, that you're right down the street from us now. So we got I'm another so neighbor in the house. Yes. Cool. So, cool. I love it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.